Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. We've got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. We have a bit of a hodgepodge of an episode here for you today. We'll obviously recap all of those divisional round playoff games. And we also have a new sports pet peeve, one that many of you will disagree with. Haven't had a sports pet peeve in a while. And as you longtime listeners know, I occasionally like to get into what's going on with the Lakers and Dodgers, catch up with those franchises and other LA sports teams. Haven't done that in a while either, but instead of dedicating an entire segment to one of those teams, we're going to introduce a new segment this episode. I'm calling it our LA Roundabout. We'll just take a quick spin through the LA sports world, touching on a bunch of teams real quickly, just for fun. It is, after all, a slow news week, a slow news period. If you're a Rams fan, plenty of rumors circulating, but not a lot of hard facts and news. And a reminder, our next drop will be that roundtable that I had with Paul Wallia and Tom Kortz looking back at the 2022 season. What are our major takeaways, disappointments, things we're happy about, grading the Rams draft picks, what players we are really happy about, what players really disappointed us. And we also took a look forward to the 2023 season. 
And before we move on to some RAM news and notes, a reminder, please follow our YouTube channel. We have content dropping there a couple times a week, including our fearsome four questions and our mock drafts. Speaking of mock drafts, I've posted eight in one way or another. And the next six, this is what I'm going to do. I have identified three key positions that the Rams will likely draft. Tight end, edge, and cornerback in no particular order. The fourth would be defensive line. And so these next six drafts, what I'm going to do is I'm going to draft tight end, edge, and cornerback in all possible orders, all possible combinations. And the fourth pick will be defensive line in each case. And then I'm going to evaluate afterwards which order is ideal for the Rams. That'll be taking place over the next couple weeks. And if you want to follow along on a regular basis, you got to follow the YouTube channel. I'll be posting some results on these podcasts, but these podcasts only drop twice a week, so you may miss some content there. Get into some Rams and NFL news. I talked recently about the Super Bowl standings over the last 25 years. What I did was I awarded three points for a win in the Super Bowl, one point for a loss. And over those 25 years, Patriots in first place, Rams in second place. And now that the New York Giants have been eliminated, the Rams will maintain second place over the last 25 years. The Giants are the only team that had a chance at leapfrogging the Rams. And don't even talk to me about the 49ers. They're not even close. I really liked Les Snead's comment about a remodel versus a rebuild because this rebuild talk was starting to really annoy me and a remodel makes sense. You know, a rebuild is when things have been torched, burnt to the ground, and you have to start all over. A remodel is when you get the main features in place, some really cool stuff to work around. You just need to update a couple things, smooth out some rough edges, and you're good to go. And the Rams are certainly more of the latter in the remodel mode. If someone tells you the Rams are rebuilding this year, that is a guaranteed data point that they don't really know what they're talking about. Let's need also mention that the Rams are expecting to have 10 picks. A lot of people were really surprised about that. I've been talking about that for six or eight months. Yes, the Rams should have 10 picks. The Chargers and Ravens have both requested interviews with uh, Rams assistant Zach Robinson. The Rams will be interviewing Justin Outen, the Broncos offensive coordinator. Who is going to be the Rams offensive coordinator, though? And we talk about this on our roundtable. I think Paul, Tom, and I came to the conclusion it's going to be Michael LeFleur. But the Rams doing their due diligence, interviewing some other up-and-coming offensive minds. And Greg Gaines had surgery to repair a labral and bicep tendon, an injury he suffered in training camp, played all year with it. Should be good to go in a couple months. Question is, what team will the 26-year-old defensive tackle be playing with? He's an unrestricted free agent and could be moving on. Love to bring him back. Be a matter if the Rams can afford him or not. And all this talk about Jalen Ramsey moving on, where did this come from? Is it because of his tweet? that he tried to clarify later on. I don't know if there's any truth to this idea of the Rams moving on from him at all. Trading him before June 1st would be a big cap hit, close to $20 million, dead cap money. I just don't see it happening. Do the Rams really want to trade him before the draft, get a couple of picks, eat the $20 million, 
and hope they hit on these draft picks. That's just not the Rams' style. That's not how they've been doing business. I'd be surprised if that happened. Before we move on to our divisional round recaps, followed by our sports bet peeve and then our LA roundabout, as I'm calling it, I'll share with you my latest Fearsome Four questions from yesterday's YouTube post. My Fearsome Four questions for this week. Question number one, will the Rams draft a tight end? Absolutely yes. Guaranteed. Yes, they will. This draft, by the way, is loaded with tight ends. Question number two, who will be the Rams' breakout player next year? I'm going to go with Bobby Brown with Greg Gaines and Ashawn Robinson, both unrestricted free agents. One of both of them are gone. Bobby Brown played well when he got a chance late in the season. I'm rolling with Bobby Brown. Question number three, who will be the Rams' starting left tackle on opening day? I'm going with a Lyric Jackson, and if you read his tweets, convinced me he's the guy for the job. Not sure how his teammates feel about him right now, but a Lyric Jackson, the Rams' new starting left tackle. Question number four, which unrestricted free agent is least likely to return? You know, Taylor Rapp has received a lot of heat over the last year or two. I know a lot of Ram fans feel he hasn't lived up to his second round draft value. I think he's taken some unnecessary flack, to be honest with you. He's not a bad safety by any measure, but he could draw north of $8 million on the open market, and the Rams just are not going to pay that. They've got Russ Yeast, Justin Fuller, and Quentin Lake in the house. Maybe they bring back Nick Scott. They're going to draft a safety as well. So I think Taylor Rapp has played his last down for the Rams. I think Taylor Rapp is still a pretty good safety, and he's going to have a productive career. It's just not going to be with the Rams. Back in a minute for our loop around the league, which in this case is a recap of the four divisional playoff games this past weekend. have our NFC and AFC championship matchups set. It is the Bengals at the Chiefs and the 49ers at the Eagles. And you know what? Both these games could be lots of fun. The Chiefs dispatch of the Jags 27 to 20. I didn't think it'd be that close. I had predicted Chiefs 30 to 17. If you're a Jags fan, you can be disappointed, but you also have to be happy that your team and your quarterback have perhaps turned a corner, 2023 could be a big year for the Jags. That division is pretty darn weak, and the Jags have the best quarterback in the division by far. Now, on the other hand, if you're a Chiefs fan, you can be happy your team advanced, but you got to be a little bit worried about Mahomes' ankle. And this Bengals team, they are flying high right now, Chiefs open up as slight favorites, but I don't know. This Bengals team is the real deal. In this game, Isaiah Pacheco, 95 yards rushing. Travis Kelsey, 98 yards receiving and two TDs. And is it time to crown Travis Kelsey as the greatest tight end ever? I know it's been discussed. Some people have thrown it out there. And I think at this point, it's a done deal. Kelsey is the best ever. The Eagles hammered the Giants 38-7. I had it a little bit 
closer, 31 to 17. And this is what happens when you have a superior team with an extra week's arrest, playing at home, not really a fair match. Jalen Hurts easing concerns about his shoulder injury early on. This Eagles team just plays complimentary football. They are good in all aspects of the game. And then this Kenneth Gainwell, a guy that we don't really think much about, 112 yards rushing. And we got to start talking more about outside linebacker Hassan Reddick. Five tackles and one and a half sacks in this game. He is an elite defender. This Eagles team has a quarterback. They have the wide receivers. A.J. Brown, what an addition he was. The running backs, the tight end, and a very good defense. This defense, by the way, was one yard behind the 49ers in the rankings as far as yards allowed per game. This defense is the real deal as well. And what a disappointment for the Bills. Their season is over, losing to the Bengals at home 27-10. to After that Thursday night game at the opener against the Rams, everybody was crowning them as the next NFL champion. Man, it did not turn out well. Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen at this point, isn't he? I copped out on my pick on this one. I had said early on, it's going to be an Eagles-Bengals Super Bowl. Then I heard about these injuries along the Bengals' offensive line, and I, I went ahead and picked the Bills on this one. Shame on me. The Bengals, the Bengals who were 4-4 four and four at one point, heading to the AFC Championship game with a chance to return to the Super Bowl for the second year in a row, I'm still in the Bengals' corner. And the Bengals have a secret weapon. Their defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, getting it done. One of the best in the business. He needs to start getting more recognition. And the Cowboys at the 49ers, kind of an ugly game. 49ers come away with a 19-12 win. I picked the Cowboys. I picked with my heart. Guilty as charged. They were really held back by their quarterback play in this one. Surprised how much the offense has struggled here. But, you know, it really comes down to a handful of things that did not work in the Cowboys' favor. Some of it was coaching decisions, punting on that fourth and five. Late in the game, the 49ers have been running the ball really well. The Cowboys have one last shot. Turned out to be their second to last shot. But their last real shot at tying this game up, fourth and ten, deep in their own end. And they punt. I would have went for it. Didn't help that Tony Pollard got hurt. It didn't help that they missed another extra point. It didn't help that Dak Prescott threw two interceptions, one in the red zone. Cowboys really actually could have won this game, but just too many of these things went wrong, and a lot of it, you can only put the blame on the Cowboys, actually. There was a couple of refing calls that hurt them as well, but it really comes down to coaching decisions, quarterback play, and a couple of things out of their control that hurt them as well. Next week, we are going to have a preview of these championship games, as well as our roundtable with Tom Quartz and Paul Wallia. We do that on occasion. So I'll get into those games a little bit deeper. But I wanted to take a moment to rate the remaining playoff quarterbacks, and I discussed this with my special assistant, and he disagreed with me. Number one, I have Joe Burrow. Number two, Patrick Mahomes. This is where Matt disagrees with me. He'd still have Mahomes at number one. And I'm not saying that just because of the ankle. 
a healthy Mahomes, a healthy Burrow. I got Burrow number one, Mahomes number two, Jalen Hurts number three, and Brock Purdy number four. So on to Philadelphia and Kansas City, the Niners and the Eagles, the Bengals and the Chiefs. We'll get into both of those games pretty deeply on our Thursday morning drop. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big with DraftKings. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Personally, I'm rolling with the Bengals and Eagles to meet in Super Bowl 57. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. When I started this podcast, I had a regular feature called my Sports Pet Peeves, and I think I went through 30 or 40 of them. There were so many that I had collected over the years, and I couldn't wait to get off my chest. It's getting harder and harder to do that, running out of Sports Pet Peeves, but I did think of one the other day late in that Viking-Giant game. Vikings are facing a 4th and 8, their season on the line, and Kirk Cousins dumps the ball off to TJ Hawkinson for a three-yard gain. The pass was thrown well short of the line to gain, and Hawkinson was tackled, and basically the Vikings season was over. And I'm going to go a different way than you think I'm going to go on this. My sports pet peeve is not quarterbacks throwing short of the line to gain in situations like that. In this case, it was a bad idea to throw short to your tight end. But my peeve is this, announcers and color commentators who jump all over offensive coordinators, quarterbacks, and receivers that run these routes for running a route that's short of the line to gain in the first place. Now, I understand it's a bad look, and your initial reaction is, why are you throwing to a receiver six yards downfield on third and 12. And I did some research on this, and absolutely, yes, the data shows that you are better off throwing beyond the line to gain in the first place, having have the air yardage exceed the distance needed for the first down. So in other words, third and 12, your receiver has to run at least a 12-yard route if you want to maximize your chances of a first down. Now, that may seem logical, but how many times have we seen a receiver, let's say Cooper Cup, catch the ball five yards downfield on a third and 11 and get the first down? Again, I understand that the ideal route is beyond the marker, but my peeve is every announcer that I've ever heard will criticize a route that's short of the line to gain as if it's an attempt that's destined for failure when it really isn't. And obviously there's a lot of plays where the defense is just taking away those routes. So your only option is to hit the underneath route and hope your receiver 
gets some yards after the catch and gets the first down. Seen it plenty of times. Happens pretty often, really, especially with this Rams team. And every time it doesn't work, criticism from all quarters on what a horrible route on third and nine. But when it does work, when a receiver does pick up the first down after catching the ball short of the line to gain, nobody seems to have a problem with that. You know, I like to touch on all of the L.A. sports teams on occasion. Haven't been doing that in a while, but this is what I decided I'm going to do this episode, a slow news week for our Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to go around the horn really fast on every other SoCal sports team of note. And if I left out one of your favorite teams, send me an email and I'll make sure I include them next time. We'll start with baseball the Los Angeles Dodgers. I was looking at their current projected lineup, and with Justin Turner and Trey Turner moving on, the Dodgers have to be counting on J.D. Martinez to come through on the right side of the plate. That was their Achilles heel back in the day. Against left-handed pitching, they just didn't have the right-hand bats like they did from the left side with Ballinger and Seager and Muncie. And they may be back in that hole again from the right side. The two turners were a big boost to their right-handed hitting. Another right-handed guy that may have to step up is Miguel Vargas, the youngster. See if they can find a spot on the infield for him to play. The California Angels with Otani and Trout. The Angels basically have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on their team, but can't get a sniff of the playoffs and This is probably Otani's last season with the Angels. Poor Mike Trout. The LA Kings, they took Kevin Fiala off of Minnesota's hands last summer in a trade, and it's turning out to be a great move. He leads the team in goals and points, and they've signed him to a seven-year deal, and the Kings are in the playoff hunt. The Anaheim Ducks, not so much. One of the worst teams in the league. But they got to be thrilled with the rookie Mason McTavish and the prospect of a draft lottery situation, the possibility of landing Connor Bedard. He will definitely be the number one pick. McTavish, by the way, has 26 points in 41 games. That stat may be a little bit outdated. The LA Clippers were one of the favorites to advance to the NBA Finals this year, but they've really got bogged down by their obsession with load management, and guys have been banged up as well. Leonard and George have yet to play together in four consecutive games. If I was a Clippers fan, I'd be optimistic. I still think they have one of the better rosters, but the Western Conference is wide open, and the Grizzlies and Nuggets are heads and shoulders above them right now. The Clippers should be right there with them and just not feeling it right now for this basketball team. Now, the Lakers are an interesting case. If you're a Laker fan, you got to feel a little bit optimistic. They've had a handful of games slip away from them late, but they're in these games, and they are playing some really good teams tough. They just beat the Grizzlies. They finally closed out a game, so you got to be happy. They've lost so many games where they had a shot at the end and couldn't close, and this has been largely without Anthony Davis, who was dominating before he got hurt. So if he comes back and they start closing out more of these games, Lakers could be a playoff team. And again, it's a wide-open conference. 
they could actually have a shot to win a couple of series. UCLA basketball on their way to a potential number two seed. If you haven't watched this team, they are such a joy to watch. Adam Bona, the big guy in the middle. Wow, he is a talent. One of the best big guys in the country already. They just had a tough loss at Arizona, but this Bruins team is for real. They are so scrappy. Such a different mindset with any team coached by Mick Cronin. They are tough. They are hard-nosed. They play relentless defense, and they never feel like they're out of a game. Fun to watch. And the USC Trojans basketball team, they're on their way to a potential NCAA berth as well. Right now, I saw them pegged as potentially in a play-in game. They're 6-3 and three in the Pac-12, 14-6 overall. They have a big game coming up with the Bruins January 26th at the Galen Center. The Bruins won the first match 60-58. to USC football, early signing date. Not all that exciting for the Trojans, but they got some early commits, right? And they also got a commit from Malachi Nelson out of Los Alamitos High, the heir apparent to probably the best quarterback in college football next year, Caleb Williams, the 2024 number one pick in the NFL draft. And UCLA football, they really pulled off a coup. Five-star quarterback Dante Moore out of Detroit, Michigan, flipped his commitment from Oregon to UCLA. That is a big win for the Bruins. And maybe this is a result of that move to the Big Ten, perhaps. That's my walk through all these other LA teams. Hope you enjoyed it. We don't do this very often. Just want to shine a spotlight on these other teams once in a while before we start gearing up for NFL free agency and the draft. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. Get about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe, Buckeye Bonsai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama. <laughs>